0: Welcome to another episode of 6 Minute Monday where I give you 6 tips and tricks to make you more efficient in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Well, for most of us, we're not going to be going in a weight room anytime soon because of the coronavirus pandemic, but you get the point. Okay, tip number one, the exercise that I am experimenting with. This exercise is actually not an exercise at all. It is actually a recovery technique. And if you remember from podcast episode number 41 with Gary Rinal, Don't Ice That Ankle, we went into a very deep conversation about why ice is bad when you have some sort of acute inflammation or some, let's say, an injury. And what you should do is more movement. But what if you don't have movement? What if you can't move that joint? Well, right now... I have the inability or had the inability to move both of my big toes. I, I did some serious damage to both of them during tough man training for stupid reasons like wearing cleats that did not fit, and I just I beat myself up. So what am I doing? Well, I'm using something called an eye pulse. So it's something that I put on my feet. It is... Discharging a very small electrical impulse into my feet, and what that is doing is it's forcing these contractions. It's getting blood flow through the area. And now, as of this morning, I am actually I actually have pretty good movement on my left foot and some pretty decent movement on my right foot. And when I'm talking about movement, I mean the big toe. And uh, I'll, you know, I just put doing it while I'm watching TV. I'm getting some movement. I still have pain. It's not nearly as bad as it was earlier in the week, but uh, it's a it's much better than icing it or elevating it or doing nothing. That, you know, even even doing some smash work with a lacrosse ball wasn't helping. So this has been the, the best thing to date. Uh, more to come. Okay. Ex- uh, sorry, tip number two. This is my training tip of the week. Tip number two. And it's really important now, while you may not have weight in your house, and I'm calling it own the movement. Own the movement. So what own the movement means is that you should own the movement when you're moving weight, or your body, or anything, up and down. Some people, they just own the up portion, right? Like say I'm on a bench press. They own the boom, they'll bang it up, and then they'll just let this thing free fall down. What I'm saying on own the movement is literally get this mind-muscle connection on the way up, and then let's say if it's a bench press, don't just let the weight come down, literally. Pull your arms back and down into your chest. If you're thinking about doing a push-up, it's the same exact thing. As you're pushing yourself away from the floor, own that movement up, but then on the descent of that push-up, really pull your body, try and pull your chest back to the ground. All right? That is the point. Own the movement. I'll expand a little. If it's a squat, push your body up through the, push your heels through the floor on the squat on the way up, and then on the way down, don't just free fall down, literally try and pull yourself back to the ground. And that could be a bodyweight squat. Okay, thing number three, the book that I am reading that's making an impact on me. The book is Start With Why from Simon Sinek. I talked about it a few, maybe a few six-minute Mondays ago, but now I've actually had time to finish the book because of what's going on. Not only do I finish the book, but I'm also, I take notes on the book. So a quick segue, my productivity tip, uh, the productivity tip that I'm going to give you is because after these after I finish reading the books, I go back into my computer, and I take notes on every single book that I read, and then I, re- I link in my mind either, how does this impact me right now? Like, what are my thoughts in my head right now? So kind of journaling while I'm doing the notes, but I also go in and I link it to other books that I have read. I try to link, you know, of all the books that I've read, how do concepts from book A match to concepts to book B? How do they complement each other? How do they possibly contradict each other? Okay, I'm really going off here, but the bottom line is it's usually a pain to keep the book open and, and look and take my notes. You know, the book will close. I'll have to put stuff on top of it. Well, I bought this thing called an Anchor Bookmark. Yeah, not like Anchor this podcast, but it's actually, it actually looks like an anchor. You stick it into the book. It keeps the book page open, and I was really able to plow through the note-taking rather than you know flip back and forth as this book keeps closing, and it's really stupid annoying. But now I can th- put this Anchor Bookmark in. It keeps the book open. I can see two pages, and I can just jot my notes from that page right into my, uh, my computer. Okay, back to the, the actual book that I'm reading and the impact that it's making, Start With Why. So essentially, the gist of this book is that you really need to know your why. And really, what your why is, is what you believe. People will follow what you believe. And what he talked about in the book that hit me one thing that was big was you really need to hire people who believe what you believe. Sometimes their talent doesn't really matter that much. Or if you're going to get a job, you know, I, I've been going on some, uh, I'll, forget, I'll forget that point, but if you're going to get a job or you're going on an interview, you need to go to a place and accept the job in a company or an organization that believes what you believe. If they don't believe what you believe, then it's not worth worth it. Your ideas could be right, their ideas could be right, but if they're not they don't have the same beliefs, it's never going to work. So great book. I highly suggest you read it. And it's going to lead to this quote that was in the book. So when you talk about hiring people that believe what you believe, there was this, uh, I guess he was a researcher, and he was going to discover parts of Antarctica, explore parts of Antarctica. His name was Ernest Shackleton. And on this journey, they had extreme problems where everyone probably should have died. Everyone should have died, but no one on this guy's crew did. This is like a, you know, maybe like 1800s time. But here's why they didn't die. Because the only people that came to be on this journey with this researcher were savages, like tough dudes. And why? Because this is the ad that he put out, like kind of posted it to a poll back in the oldie times. Here it is. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger. Safe return doubtful. Honor and recognition in case of success. That's a pretty sick, (laughs) you know, help wanted ad. He didn't say, I need sailors, I need a guy skilled on how to, you know, tie a knot or how to put a sail up. I don't know anything about nautical terms, so forgive me all of you guys who went to maritime. He talked about the characteristics of the person that needs to work on that ship. And because he only had those type of people, they all lived. They all lived. This actually had me thinking, you know, what type of person do we want in advanced training? So it had me change the homepage of our advanced training website, which is MahoneyAdvancedTraining.com if you are bored and want to look at it. So here it is. Seeking warriors who want to separate themselves from the common man. So this is what I have on the home page now. Seeking warriors who want to separate themselves from the common man. Training will be in the bitter cold or extreme heat, often in complete darkness. You'll be forced to compete daily with people much stronger and tougher than you. You'll be called out for losing a step because nobody cares about life slowing you down. Yeah, nobody cares about my feet. Nobody cares. Trust me. They just say you're slowing down. You lost a step coach getting old, and they're probably right. You will lose more often than you win, with the only prize being the respect you earn from your competitors. Uh, Hopefully, if people are reading this or hearing this, They just get a good feel of what's going on. You know, I'm not not looking for the most jacked-up guy or the best athlete or a guy who's a a blue-chip athlete trying to go to a a D1 college on a full ride or or did that or an NFL player. We're looking for that. And right now, when I look at the guys in our training crew, they're that. And it's sick. It's awesome. I love every second about it. Every second of it. Sorry. Okay, and the sixth thing. Sorry, this is a little long, but who cares? The sixth thing, the strangest thing that I saw. So, you know, we're training outside. This happened about... A little while ago, but there's this dude that he just loves to walk his dog, his German Shepherd, without a leash. And for those of you that know me, you know I'm scared to death of dogs. That's why I have a six-pound dog, and there's sometimes I'm scared to death of him. But this guy's got this gigantic German Shepherd. He jogs around the park. He just does everything with his dog off the leash. And as I'm sprinting, I just kind of got one eye on the German Shepherd. Well... This German Shepherd's loose on a leash. This other car pulls up. This lady gets out of her car, and she's got this little Maltese. He's about 12 pounds. He's on awful of leash. I'm like, oh, my God. This is the end. Well, the Maltese goes running up. Him and the German Shepherd are, I'm like waiting for the German Shepherd to, to bite this dog in half. Nope. German Him and German Shepherd are actually best friends. Cool. Awesome. So now I'm working out. They're coming by me. This guy's basically doing laps around the park with the German Shepherd and the Maltese and the lady. They're jogging. The dogs are jogging behind them. They get past me, and I'm just looking at the German Shepherd, and I'm like, this dog is going to bite me. So I just stop running. Well, luckily, the German Shepherd runs by. The guy runs by. The little white dog stops behind. It takes a little uh, potty break. takes a dump, right, maybe about 10 feet from where I'm working out. The lady's like, ha-ha. She goes. She cleans it up. And then I'm like, cool, nice dog. And then who comes attacking me? Nope, not the German Shepherd. The actual little dog comes at me. So, uh, yeah, so I'm scared to death of the German Shepherd, and it's the little guy that tries to get me. All right, people, that is it. Enjoy your quarantine. Make yourself better during this time. Don't waste this time where you maybe have some clarity. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Stay at home. And if you do have to go out, social distancing. Alberino, I'm talking to you. Bye.